Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is Tuesday. Doug, what do you know? Well... Uh, you know, I don't know. I was just kind of taken back by this uh, Eileen Goo. Oh. Do mm-hmm. you know who she is? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're out there listening and uh, you don't know who Eileen Goo is, uh, she apparently won a gold medal for China in the Olympics. Not that we're watching the Olympics, right? Yeah, uh, but anyway, um, but she's an American-born American born, American raised, American yeah. trained. She doesn't even look Chinese, really. If you look at her, yeah, I mean, she's, uh, she's, she, she's got an American father, a Chinese mother, mm-hmm. and uh, she's pretty much, um, you know, she says she spent her life, <laughs> a lot of her life there. But I just, I think that's weird, you know. Don't you? I mean, it's kind of interesting that she chose to compete for China. What What's really interesting to me is that China doesn't allow dual citizenship. So did she? She had to. Well. She, she dodged questions. She was asked if she relinquished her citizenships in the United States to compete. Uh, she never would answer, even though she was born in San Francisco to an American father and a Chinese mother. So I don't know. It's just kind of. But we live in a world, Taylor, that their truth is ever changing and hmm. you can be what you want to be, where you want to be. Well, it's not. There's a few a few things uh, on that to like really consider. One, like I said about the the um, whether she renounced her citizenship. Supposedly she did that when she was 15, but in America you can't renounce your citizenship till you're 16. Um, and you know, uh, in my mind, it's like okay, if you you made your bed now lay in it, right? You should go to the back of the line as if you want to get a work visa or whatever to come back into the country. So that's one thing. But two. Uh, it's not really a surprise when the country has been demoralized the way that we have, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a significant, especially she's, what, 18? Um, yeah. There's a significant amount of people. I would probably venture to guess that it's the majority of people um, in the younger generation, including, you know, a, a, a good majority of millennials, or a good number of millennials, I'll say, mm-hmm. that uh, have lost faith in uh, the American ideal and they think it's tainted, they think it's bad, they think that the country should be dismantled and destroyed. So it's really not a surprise that um, somebody would jump ship and to jump ship to China when, I mean, you had ESPN saying, well, we can't really criticize China and the Uyghurs because, you know, we kill people in the streets every day. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the people that the so much of our leadership, quote unquote, class Uh um, is holding water for China. So it's it's really no surprise that, you know, a, a kid would look at us as as if we're terrible and say, oh, well, you know, eh, China's not that bad. I'll go for them. And I'm sure it made her a ton of money. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was in the news that I thought was interesting is that Capitol Police, which are spo- that's supposed to be a group of people that just basically are on site, I guess, in D.C. to mm-hmm. make sure that the Capitol is safe and all this apparently are uh, reviewing private 
information of people that visit congressmen and senators and uh, finding out when the congressmen and senators meet people, almost like surveilling them, uh, well, which sen- is kind of scary. I mean, almost like you feel like we're in another country. Uh, yeah, since January 6th of uh, whatever, what was it, 2021? No, yeah, 2021. Yeah. Since then, uh, that the Capitol Police has expanded. They don't, they have uh, departments uh, around the country, or not, they have satellite, you know, uh, operations running around the country now. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little weird. Yeah. A little questionable, I, I just, for sure. Yeah, but uh, how about those Freedom Convoy guys up there in Canada? They continue to roll. Uh, and they shut down the busiest border uh, up uh, crossing up in North America up there in the Northwest. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it. Trudeau said, oh, it's just a few people uh, with swastikas basically trying to say that they're all white supremacists. Um, the, the Canadians were using drones, drone footage to um, surveil uh, the truckers and then um, went in and arrested a few people and, and compensated gas in order to try to, uh, you know, freeze them out basically. Um, pretty outstanding, really, that that's how the government's response is. And I don't know if you saw that there's now in, uh, I believe it was New Zealand or Australia, now they have a, um, a let me, yeah, it's New Zealand. They Now they have a freedom convoy going on. Um, there was reports of one uh, that was going to get started up here in America, but um, Facebook has taken uh, some heavy measures to crack down on that and try to uh, make sure that doesn't happen, but we'll see. Well, and uh, one final thing, DeSantis was on the news yesterday talking about people are trying to stoke rumors of him with uh, uh, feuding with Trump. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. And he said, no, uh, Donald Trump's a friend. He's proud when people do well. And he lives in our state. And he's glad that we're doing. And I'll tell you, DeSantis for the last two years has pretty much hit home run mm-hmm. after home run after home run. Uh, and it's been probably, I would say, uh, him and Nome, uh, probably two of the most successful governors uh, during the pandemic, maybe. Uh, uh, I, I don't know of another one out there. That, what's her name in Iowa? Um, she's been better. Oh, yeah, she's she's been good, too. Uh, what, what's her name? I'm forgetting. But I, I kind of, she's, for me, been stronger than Nome. You know, Nome yeah. uh, famously kind of balked off of uh, protecting women's sports. Now she did cor- course correct recently. Um, Kim but, Reynolds. Yeah, up Kim Reynolds. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, Kim Reynolds up in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. she did kind of bolt on that. I forgot. But, well, Noam's been outspoken uh, about the COVID, but she mm-hmm. she was kind of soft initially on some stuff. I agree. But I think, I really think DeSantis has been one of the best in the country. Oh, I yeah. Mean, he, he, is, he is by far... Uh, done better than uh, certainly. And unlike uh, Reynolds and Nome, he's in a state, you know, that's considered a swing state. And, you know, it's it's a much more of a risk for him to do what he's done. Well, and um, have you seen all the Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut uh, tags in our state, New Jersey? <laughs> New, I mean, like the, all these people have moved here. I, I've seen more out of state uh, tags regularly. I mean, it's not spring break. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not people just coming out. It is a lot of people. Uh, I think one person said 9,000 people a day were moving into the state of Florida. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, we, we're very blessed here. Uh, continue to pray for DeSantis, pray for, uh, our leaders and, um, 
you know, hopefully we're we're seeing this thing crumble down. I think uh, uh, all the the charades of all the different things are starting to fall apart. People are saying we're not we're not going to play the games anymore. It's happened in Europe. Now it's spread to Canada, and it's really coming here. Isn't that a sad statement, though, that it happened in Europe first? Uh, it should have been here that that was happening. And I think you'll probably see pockets of uh, resistance, although I saw California rescinded their mask mandate, uh, keeping it for kids in schools, though, ironically. So, you know, if a place like that is even uh, starting to uh, get pushed back, then that's a good sign. Yeah, Uh well, be careful if you're out there driving. Uh, I don't know what it's like up in Virginia or Mississippi, but here it's pretty rainy. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, when it's rainy, people don't drive very well. They get antsy and hit their brakes. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, encourage you to be safe while you're out there. Stay warm. I don't know if you felt cold. I've been cold the last couple of days. And, again, it's only like 50, right? Yeah. But it's rainy, humid 50. Humid cold is bad cold. <laughs> I don't like it. Our brother James out west says they got good dry cold out there in uh, Idaho, but uh, it's cold. It's it, You feel it here. It's, yeah, I, I think that's the the uh, heat in the cold, right? You feel it a little, little bit more when it's humid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not the best. Today, yesterday, I I did feel pretty cold. Today, not so much. Feel feel pretty good today. Hey, I did want to bring up too. Uh, there was one um, bit of news: a, a big win um, up in uh, Indiana. I think. Uh, did you see that? No. Uh, okay, so um, there was uh, uh, in West Lafayette City, the city council withdrew the propan- uh, proposed conversion therapy ban. Up oh, there, okay. they were they were uh, proposing that they have a uh, in the city council of West Lafayette, Indiana, um, was condemning conversion therapy, um, and so um, they were trying to play, I guess pass some kind of ordinance, but it got public attention, and uh, a lot of people started to get involved and pray and and just let their voices be heard, and they withdrew that. And so uh, they had been discussing it for months. Uh, but I, I think uh, that's a big thing. You know, it, it's a good, mm-hmm. a good win for uh, for good values up there. Yeah, wouldn't have even been necessary if Mike Pence hadn't uh, stabbed everybody in the back, uh, you know, before <laughs> he was the vice president when he was the governor of Florida. But, yeah, that's our Florida, excuse me, governor of Indiana. But, yeah, it's good to see that um, the community there locally stood up and was able to stop that from going through. Well, um, anyway, uh, the the whole conversion therapy, uh, you know, like one of the things that we said is that we believe in conversion. You know, we got that from Dr. Muller. We don't believe in conversion therapy. Therapy is a therapeutic term mm. <laughs> uh, that really uh, maybe psychologists or psychiatrists, uh, counselors use out there. Uh, we believe in giving people the gospel and letting the gospel change people's lives. And um, we don't really want to use therapy to do anything. We just want people to trust Jesus. And so, uh, but it was a big win up in West Lafayette. So uh, praise God for, uh, you know, just uh, moving in the city council to not make that against the law because they could have used that and weaponized it against the church up there. So yeah. big win. Amen. Amen. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And just before the break, we were talking about a big win uh, for religious freedom, religious liberty coming out of uh, West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, we didn't, I think we're kind of finishing that up, but I just wanted to mention like West Lafayette, that's where Purdue University is at. And so that's probably where a lot of that radicalism was coming from. Um, you know, you, you see the universities pushing a lot of this stuff. So. Not really a surprise that it happened close to a university, uh, you know, in a university town. Um, but just wanted to mention that um, if you were wondering why in the world would Indiana be, you know, pushing. <laughs> yeah, because that's like your that. country, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, one other thing before we get in the text, uh, we, we want to just say a prayer for the family of Kyle Mullen. Did you see that? That guy's 24 years old. He was uh, like an all conference football player at Yale and uh, decided to uh, go into the Navy SEALs, mm. went out to SEAL training, and died during Bud's Week or Hell Week, you oh, know, no. uh, which is part of the Bud's training uh, out there. It's tough. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's very, very tough training. And, um, you know, about, I think, only 25 30% make it through. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think he collapsed with some kind of heart thing. Um wonder if he got the shot you know mm-hmm. i just makes me think and mm-hmm. wonder because well no he, you have all these younger people he had to yeah. right if he was going in i'm sure they made him mm-hmm. um which again the guy was healthy no problems and um but uh i don't know it's yeah, just uh, it's and I, they said he had an enlarged heart that oh. contributed to his death <laughs> yeah wow come on now yeah I, I I just again I think when twenty years from now maybe not twenty uh, let's hopefully say, not maybe that five long. years from now yeah. uh, somebody is going to have to give an account for all this all this stuff but anyway uh, we will get into the text a great text in Acts chapter thirteen we're looking at this week Acts thirteen 
1 through 12. We started yesterday looking at 1 through 4. The marks of a vibrant church, the priorities of a vibrant church. We talked about teaching, making disciples, worship, fervent prayer, being part of that, and then evangelism and missions. And this church at Antioch, you know, it's interesting that the church in Jerusalem was the celebrity church. Hmm. It had Peter, you know, uh, John, all, all the big names, right? The church in Antioch had uh, Simon of of uh, Niger. Who's he? Nobody knows who he is. It had um, had uh, oh yeah uh, Lucius uh, of Cyprus. Who's he? Nobody knows him. It had Manaean. Manaean was known in the household of Herod, but he was a Herodian. He wouldn't have been known within the Christian community. It had Saul, the guy who was the great persecutor of Christians, even though he was turned now people probably were still pretty suspect of him or at least wondering, you know, like outside of Jerusalem, the ones who didn't have the benefit necessarily of seeing him. Because remember, he had been up in Cilicia preaching and all that, came back to um, Antioch with Barnabas. Barnabas probably was the best known of them all, but Barnabas was not a guy who hung with Jesus. So all these celebrities were in Jerusalem. And yet the Antioch church is the great missionary sending church. They sent Paul and Barnabas to plant all the other churches and make disciples in uh, Ephesus, you know, in Galatia. And you think about all the places they went from, from where they were in Antioch all the way to Rome. And so um, in Acts 13, we, we said yesterday that it's really a dividing point in the letter. The first part, 1 through 12, deals with the Jewish, predominantly Jewish church, because up until that point, you know, other than uh, Cornelius in chapter 10 and 11, uh, and then 11 being the Antioch uh, people that came to Christ, it was it was pretty much looked very Jewish. But moving from 13 to 28, it's going to incorporate Gentiles in. More and more Gentiles, the churches outside, the church in Ephesus, you know, uh, the church in Rome, the church in Corinth, uh, the church in Philippi, all these other churches are going to have a very Gentile makeup to them. Um, Very few Jews. Why? Because most of the Jews were going to be part of that initial church over in Jerusalem. Um, But the church in Jerusalem uh, was faithful. They reached people in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. But the church in Antioch was really concerned with the ends of the earth that that pushing the gospel out to the ends of the earth and what we're going to see today is that as they expand as paul and barnabas begin the first of three you know paul's third you know three missionary journeys really four counting rome where he went as a prisoner uh we're going to see satan attacking right away when they go out the very first place they go to is cyprus which was the home of who barnabas Mm mm-hmm Barnabas goes back, and we, we, at the end of yesterday's program, we're talking about what were they praying for. I believe they were praying for God to reach the people of their homeland. Barnabas was wanting to go back and take what he had. So often we as Christians believe that the gospel is just about us getting, but it's really about us receiving to though give. 
We receive it to go share it. We receive it to go deploy. We receive the gospel to go be ambassadors, to be witnesses, to be priests around the world. And so that was a clear priority of the early church, especially the church at Antioch. And as they prayed and were praying for those countries, the Holy Spirit said, send out Paul and Barnabas. So they laid hands on them and they sent it out on this divine mission. So just a quick recap again, verses 1 through 4, we looked at the vibrancy of the church in Antioch and the priorities teaching. It said there were prophets and teachers making disciples. Um, uh, They were there, uh, Manan, Lucius, Simon. They were elders because Paul and Barnabas made disciples. They taught them for a whole year, it said back in chapter 11. And worship and fervent prayer. It said they were praying, and then they send them out. And so today's text, we're going to look at verses 5 through 8, and we're going to see the exposure of a counterfeit. I don't know if you've ever seen a counterfeit bill. They're pretty good. If you see some modern ones, they mm. you can't hardly tell the difference between a counterfeit. But the way the FBI or the Secret Service or whoever's investigating counterfeit bills prepares to spot a counterfeit is they don't study counterfeits they study the real thing so that they know what a counterfeit looks like because they see the flaws in it well if you know your word you spend time in the word you should be able to see a counterfeit and boy there is one in elimus or elimus and he has attached himself to sergius paulus who is the ruler of this area he's the civil ruler He's a proconsul. He's a guy who's put there by the Senate of Rome. Rome has put him in power, and he reports back to the Senate. So he oversees Cyprus. And so uh, as they you know, go down uh, to Seleucia and there over to Cyprus, they come into this uh, city called Salamis where they start preaching, and then they go through the whole island and when they come to this area called Paphos, the city place called Paphos, is where they encounter Sergius Paulus, the city leader, and his trusty sidekick that Satan has brought into his life to be an influence named Elymas or Elimus. So uh, I'm going to have you read 5 through 8, and uh, we're going to look at the exposure of a counterfeit, okay? All right. <clears throat> When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had John to assist them. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So you ended with saying his mission was to what? To turn them away from the faith. Mm-hmm. If anybody's trying to turn you away from the faith, who do they serve? Satan. Yeah, he was serving Satan. He only cared about turning this guy away from the faith. Why? Why do you think he wanted to turn him away? What would happen if this guy believed? He'd lose his influence. Yeah. He has no more power. Don't you see that today in our culture, that really uh, people are threatened by Jesus? They're threatened by the influence he has to change a life, Um, whether it's uh, 
people in the pornographic world or people in the, you know, gambling, whatever world they're in, where they're trying to wield power over people. Um, and those are two very strong influences that the organized gambling and then mm-hmm. pornographic uh, drugs, drug, drugs is another one. They do not like people that buy their wares to get saved, to find Jesus, to or be found by Jesus. They don't want to. They don't want them to be changed. Why? Because business will dry up. It's almost like, you know, the people that were upset because they weren't. They were afraid people wouldn't buy their idols anymore in Ephesus. Why? Because you know uh, they wouldn't want to worship the idols. So all the silversmiths were getting upset because we can't, you know, that's our business. It's the same thing today. But Elemas had a position of influence. He was kind of the right-hand guy to uh, Sergius Paulus. And when we come back, we're going to see what Paul did. When he, when he went into this area, it says he proclaimed the word in the synagogues of the Jews. So why in the world would Paul go into the synagogues in this pretty much pagan area? You know, he went into the synagogues first. Why do you think he went there? You want to do it now or after the break? Well, you can answer that question. Well, he says, you know, uh, in in the Bible talks about to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Well, he says that, but why does he even say that? Why is that? Jesus sent him to the Jews first, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you go into a synagogue, it's not like today where everybody has a copy of the scriptures back then. Oh, right. uh, only only a select, really wealthy people had a copy of the text. Otherwise, it was kept in the synagogues in the Torah closet. And so uh, they would have it. But Christianity is true Judaism. I mean, there's no it, Christianity is not an aberration of Judaism. It is true Judaism. And when we come back... We're going to explore that a little bit as we look at Sergius Paulus and Elemis and what's going on in uh, these verses. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsor, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12 this week. Today we're focusing on verses 5 through 8. If you missed any of this program or missed any of our past programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Excuse me. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find 
our full catalog of programs, including the one uh, last week where we are yesterday when we first got into this chapter and this one in about an hour or so. Yeah. So, Taylor, as we were looking at um, the uh, passage, we were looking at the exposure of a counterfeit. And the counterfeit, obviously, is elements. And what's he counterfeiting? Well, (laughs) Elemas is covering all bases here. And uh, he says that he's a magician. Uh, The word there is magos, which uh, in the negative sense is like a sorcerer. Um, A positive sense is a wise man. We Mm -hmm. get the word magi from the same thing. But sorcerers, you know, people who uh, pretended to be... Um, have magic or uh, be people who had God's power, some kind of inside track to God's power. They claim to have uh, divine power, which would make them representatives of God. So he claimed to be a sorcerer. He also claimed to be a Jewish prophet. Luke calls him a false prophet, but he was a Jewish prophet, which would have been a contradiction to being a sorcerer because in the Old Testament it says kill sorcerers. Um but he also claimed to be a representative of Jesus. He says, bar Jesus, son of Jesus, representative, like a super apostle of Jesus. So he's covering all the bases, saying, I'm, I'm this, this, and this. And he's a counterfeit. But I want to go back real quick as we look at what happens. Like Paul is in the synagogues. He's proclaiming because Christianity is true Judaism. True Jews are Messianic believers. That, that, that was the calling on their life. Um, believe in Jesus Messiah, Yeshua as Messiah. Believe that Yeshua is uh, the one from the tribe of Judah. He's the Lion of Judah. Believe that he's a, a descendant of King David and fulfill the promise of the Davidic covenant. He's the uh, priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's what true Jews are. They're believers. So if you would take Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, just list them, Joshua, David, it doesn't matter, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all of them today, if they were here, if you could put them in a time machine and transport them, you know, thousands of years to today, they would be worshiping in the church because they're true believers. Um, they, They were worshiping looking forward to Christ. We worship looking back at what Christ did. But true Jews are Christians. Paul goes into the synagogues. They had the scriptures. They had the prophecies. And so he goes in to to teach. And as he goes in to do that, by the way, um, Sergius Paulus invited him to come talk to him. If you look in the text, it says, um, uh, you know, they came. um, Who summoned. Yeah. They came upon a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet. He was with the proconsul who summoned them and sought to hear the word of God. So God was working in Sergius Paulus. He was drawing him because it always starts with God. Nobody seeks God on their own. God is the one that was drawing him. And just as he was drawing, guess what? Here's this... um, counterfeit why because satan always tries to establish lies in the halls of influence and we see that very clearly in our culture look in america 
Do you think he establishes lies in the halls of government? Is there anybody out there that really trusts government? I mean, that really trusts uh, congressmen, senators, people who work in the government offices, the CIA, the NSA, the FBI. Do you trust these people now? I mean, Satan is always trying to establish lies in these places. And, and really, in our country, for the longest period of time, do you know to be a judge or even hold a public office, you had to be a professing believer? Mm-hmm. I mean, up until like the modern era. I mean, so um, what about in education? You think Satan tries to establish lies in the halls of education? Sure he does. Go look at the the agenda that's being pushed on our children today in the schools. Look at what they're being taught. They're being taught that uh, you can actually biologically be a male, but you don't have to agree with what God made you. You can be whatever you want to be, but you can't really because they do draw limits. Everybody draws limits. It's but they, as long as it's within the limits that Satan says is okay for this, he'll let you. Because you can't be a Christian. <laughs> Go try to be a Christian in school and try to profess Jesus and see how that goes for you. Um, what about the courts? Do you think he tries to establish lies in the courts of our country? Yeah. Yeah. Look at the, uh, you know, look at, um, look at. Oberfeld. what. Well, well, not just Obergefell, but I mean, just the fact that, I mean, that's certainly one. But they have codified protection for uh, homosexuals. They've codified protection for transgenders and and gone against God's standards. Instead, and if you go up and you look in the halls, I think there's a, a, a statue or a carving of Moses up there, right? Are you talking about in, it, it, up at the Supreme the, Court? Yeah, at the yeah. Supreme I think, Court. And I think it used to be pretty much every you know city uh square that you would go to would have it but now they're taking them yeah i think they've taken them out um what about the military do you think satan tries to establish lies in the military do you know if you're a chaplain in the military go try to tell uh, a buddhist that jesus is the way the truth life if you if you know somebody's in the military and you try to you, you can't even hardly do that um, if, if, and if you're a chaplain in the military representing the most high God and somebody there is a devil worshiper, you actually have to conduct some kind of service for them mm. and, and that, that would minister to them as a worshiper of Satan. Now think about that. I, you can't, I couldn't do that. That's why I can't be a chaplain. Uh, that's just crazy. What about sports and entertainment? You think Satan's tried to establish some counterfeits and lies there? You know, um, it's always funny to me, and you saw this probably even with your dad when your dad was playing in the NFL, that a lot of times these guys get asked to speak at churches and people have no idea about their background. They don't know what they believe. They don't know what they walk. But they're an NFL player and they say they love Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think there's not counterfeits out there? You think Satan doesn't allow counterfeits to be in there? People get more enamored with that that personality or the achievements of the person coming to speak than the person's supposedly speaking about Jesus. And so Satan is always trying to establish lies in the halls of influence. And so here we see this certain magician named Elemus or Elemus. And uh, again, he, he's contradicting himself. 
because a sorcerer is a contradiction to being a Jew and a Christian. A, a Christian is a contradiction to being a Jew in the sense of the Jews there, what they were thinking, and sorcerers. And a Jewish prophet is a contradiction to being a sorcerer and a Christian. So all three titles that he claims are contradictory to each other. And um, he's a he's basically, he's a counterfeit. Just like in Acts chapter 8, you had the counterfeit of Simon the Magician, and you had the true guy in Peter. Here, you have the counterfeit in Elymas, Bar-Jesus, and the truth speaker is Paul. Elymas opposed biblical truth. And, um, you know, you look at the world in which we live, and there's a lot of ecumenical movements. That word means basically that they're trying to just come together with oneness um, and and say, you know what? We all worship the same God. No, we don't. We do not. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, non-Messianic Jews, liberal Christians – all teach some kind of works-based salvation, some kind of works-based theology. And they're just as evil as Pharaoh's magicians, as Jezebel's prophets, uh, as Dathan and Korah who led the rebellion. Because anybody, Paul says, that brings a gospel different than the one we bring, let them be accursed. Let them be condemned to hell. That is a huge statement by Paul that that's how serious that is. So when people say, you know, we worship the same God, we don't. And they go, yeah, but they worship the God of Abraham, talking about a non-Messianic Jew. Jesus made clear in John chapter 8 that they don't know the real God. The God that they created is they may have been exposed to the God of the Bible. Probably the closest thing you can say about a Muslim or a non-Messianic Jew is we is that they they at least are monotheistic. They worship a version of the God of the Bible, but not the true Yahweh God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because if they knew that God, they would know his son Jesus. I would say that uh, it's kind of controversial, but I would say that uh, there's maybe a difference between Muslims and Jews in that, uh, you know, Muslims kind of maybe possibly Allah worship Satan. Um, but that's just my thought. And then with the, the Jews, yeah, they definitely don't know. Uh, okay, so listen. If you worship any god other than Yahweh, is it an idol? Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't matter whether he's a perversion of Satan or a perversion of, of the one true living God, any perversion that is not the one true living God is, is, is an idol. True. Yeah. So, so if somebody says, well, we worship the same God because, well, you know, they know the stories of the Bible, go back and look at Acts or John eight. Those people knew Those people that Jesus was talking to knew. I'm going to read that verse when we come back, and we'll read what Jesus himself said about the non-Messianic Jews that he was speaking to, sharing the gospel with, who were rejecting Yahweh. All right, so stick with us, because that's where we're going when we get back. 
Um, let's see. Before we go, though, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners listening on 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia, as well as all of you listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is yeah, we're SWAT. David we're SWAT. Crowder with red letters. Um, if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12 uh, this week, uh, focusing today on verses 5 through 8, talking about exposing of a counterfeit. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 844 7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Before we get into it, Doug, I wanted to, you said uh, liberal Christians. Uh, I think people should yeah. understand that you're talking about liberal theology, not necessarily if you vote Democrat. Yes, I'm, and the, it's not political liberal. It's theological yeah. liberal in the sense of a perversion of the gospel. Uh, one one guy said, I can't remember if it was Wearsby who it was, said that uh the, one of the most idolatrous times in America is uh, 11 a.m. on a Sunday where people mm. go in and mm. they worship the version of Jesus they create. Well, that's an idol. Mm-hmm. You, if you're not worshiping the biblical Jesus, and um, and so getting back to what we were saying, Jesus says that only Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, he says, except through me. So it doesn't matter whether you're a Hindu, a, a Buddhist, a Muslim, a non-Messianic Jew, or a liberal theological Christian, somebody who's in a church that says, you know what, the Word of God has got errors in it, it doesn't matter, uh, we can ordain homosexuals. We there's can, many ways. Yeah, to, there's many um, ways to God. We all 
we're universalists. We believe that everybody's going to come in and they teach a different gospel. And so, um, you know, um, people tend to get really upset. And I'm happy for people to to call in about this. Again, I'm not saying that non-Messianic Jewish people have not been exposed to the history of God's people and may actually have blood descendancy from those people. They, they may be able to trace their lineage back somehow through DNA to Abraham. But just because you have physical blood that ties you in doesn't do anything. That was the problem with the Jews back then. They believed that because they had physical lineage to Abraham, well, let's go back and look at what Scripture says. Not just It doesn't matter what I think. Let's look at what Scripture says. In uh, John chapter 8, I referenced it a while ago. Jesus, talking to the Jews who had believed in him, said, If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered, We are the offspring of Abraham, and we've never been enslaved to anyone. Well, we know that's a lie, because they, mm-hmm. they, they were enslaved in, it, in Egypt, right? But he says, How is it that you're going to set us free? They did not understand that he was freeing them from themselves, freeing them from the power of sin. And Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. And he says, if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. There's no room in your heart for me. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. And they said, Abraham's our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. That's not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father. What your the works your father did? They said to him, "We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God." And Jesus said, "This: If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God and I am here." I mean, so Jesus makes it clear right there that they think they worship the one true living God, but they don't. Because if they did, they would love him. He goes on to say. Um, you can't bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's business. He was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a liar and the father of lies. So the father of Elemas was their father. He's the father of all lies, and um, he's trying to turn Sergius Paulus away from the gospel. And that's really the essence of of the counterfeit. The counterfeit does not want people to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. So that's why you can go into a university system and go to a philosophy class, and they'll let you talk about Buddhism. They'll let you talk about uh, Hinduism. They'll let you talk about Islam. They'll let you talk about Judaism. They'll let you talk about uh, New Age. They'll let you talk about atheism. But when you start talking about Jesus and the exclusivity of Jesus, 
they get really upset and they shut that conversation down. Why is that? Because it's threatening. Because all these other, um, all these other religions kind of teach the same thing. Christianity stands on on its own. There, it's all. It's just out there, and so, you know, uh, I still get stuff from this group in Houston. They kept trying to get me to come to this ecumenical thing with Buddhist Hindus, and and I, I didn't want to go because they would not let me worship the way I worship and tell the truth. They just wanted everybody to come together and say, oh, you know, we, we just elevate love above everything else. Well, there is no truth or love without truth. And so um, we have a lot of people in our world who have friends that, might be faith in they might have faith in a different uh, type of God. They may believe in something different. And in order to be loving and try to win them, we compromise. We don't tell them the truth. I'm not saying you stand in their face and say, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know, my son did that one time. This kid had a book of Mormon at school. And when Russ was in like kindergarten, he told him he was going to hell. We got a call from the teacher because, uh, he told him he re- reads a book of lies and he's going to hell. You know, now that you say that, I'm pretty sure I said that to somebody <laughs> when I was a kid. I don't remember the exact context, but I remember my parents. Like, and maybe don't. That's, that's that harsh. Yeah. 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 You, you want to be a truth speaker, but at the same time too, um, y- you want to be loving to people and, and have dialogue with them. But, but don't affirm sin. Don't affirm disobedience. Don't affirm a perverted gospel. If somebody says we worship the same God, don't don't say yes we do. Cuz you don't. You don't worship the same God as anybody except somebody who bows their heart to Jesus. That's it. That is that the God of the Old Testament is the same God as the God of the New Testament. He's not a different God. And that's why I say Abraham, Isaac, Ezekiel, Daniel, all these Old Testament saints, if they were here, they would affirm God the Father of Jesus. It's not like they would, you know, say that that's a different God. It's not. He's the same God. The people who reject Jesus as Messiah cannot know God. There's no other name by which men can be saved than Jesus Christ. So they worship a false god. Do you think there's a difference between knowing God and worshiping God? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, worship is is kind of an active bringing your praise before Him and acknowledgement of what He's done and and gratitude. Knowing you can know about Him, maybe, but even knowing about Him, they know they may know elements of the one true living God because of the scriptures. Right. Just like, okay, let's look at it this way. In in America, people can pick up an English Bible. They can read the story of Jesus dying on the cross. Does that mean they know him? No. And I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say Jewish, Jewish people are going to hell if they don't worship God. But you, you just said that the God of the old Testament and the God of the new Testament are the same God. So it is, he, he doesn't change, right? Yeah. So if they are just looking at the old Testament, are they not still looking at God? They're just apart from him because they don't have a relationship with him and they don't understand his full nature. But if you look at the old Testament, uh, I think description yeah. of God, yeah, the covenants, what even go back to Genesis three fifteen. what does he say? 
at Genesis three fifteen, he says that the you know the seed yeah. is going to crush the head. No, I agree with you. So so he's he's looking forward, and what I'm saying to you is that all those Old Testament saints, they may not have known the name Jesus or Yeshua, but they knew that God was going to redeem mankind. They yeah. look forward believing that. And um, and they they interacted with God in a level of trust. The Old Testament saints were saved through faith, just like New Testament saints. Yeah. Um, but what I'm what I'm contending is there was a remnant throughout Israel's history that really trusted God. There were a lot of stubborn people in Israel who knew about God, but they did not know God. Right. I, yeah. And I guess you could say that about Christians, uh, people who call themselves Christians today. And I guess I, in my thinking, it would be having a true relationship rather than because when you were saying it's not the same God, I was getting like kind of confused. Cause like, well, they look at the Old Testament. That's true. You know what I mean? But I understand what you're saying about relationship being the driver of your worship. So so if, if you have a believe, let's say you have you sit next to somebody on a plane. And they say, oh, my Jesus would never send someone to hell. And they know all the story of the New Testament. They know about him healing. Would you say y'all worship the same God? No, I would say that they don't know. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the point I'm saying about uh, what the non-Messianic Jews. I got you. They know about that God. They know some facts about that God, but they don't know that God. Yeah, I agree. All right, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual